Hey everyone, welcome to the Gazette's Fact Checker Podcast. My name is Michaela Ram. I'm the healthcare reporter for the Gazette. I'm Erin Jordan. I'm the Gazette's investigative reporter. I'm Elijah Decius, the Gazette's features reporter. And I'm Marissa Payne, the Gazette's Cedar Rapids government reporter. Well, thanks for joining us this week. It has been a very heavy news week and in an already really heavy news month. So to no one's surprise, we will be tackling a subject that has really dominated the news lately, abortion. A lot of politicians are talking about this right now for obvious reasons. And we will be diving into one statement made by Liz Mathis, who is a Democrat currently challenging Representative Ashley Hinson for her seat in the U.S. House of Representatives. Recently, she posted a tweet about Hinson's support for a bill that was introduced into Congress last year. She tweeted, This Supreme Court ruling is another step toward Ashley Hinson's goal of criminalizing abortions, even in cases of rape, incest, and when the life of the mother is at risk. Congress must pass legislation to protect reproductive rights by codifying Roe. We won't really kind of be diving into the background of all of that or, you know, whether Congress can codify Roe, but we will be taking a look at this specific statement of whether Henson supports criminalizing abortions with no exceptions. So when we reached out to Mathis's campaign, the fact checker, which is our usual standard practice here, they got back to us and let us know that that tweet was referencing Henson's support of a bill that was introduced uh, in February 2021 called the Life at Conception Bill. Henson is one of 163 Republican co-sponsors of the bill. And I would like to point out that the bill was introduced and was referred to a committee, but did not get picked up by the committee and therefore has not moved beyond that point. So seems like it's a pretty dead bill, but it is clear that Henson did support this piece of legislation, which under this proposal would guarantee a constitutional right to life of each born and pre-born human person. And so the bill essentially defines human beings protected under this measure as those at all stages of life, quote, including the moment of fertilization, cloning, or other moment at which an individual member of the human species comes into being. So for background, this legislation is a personhood bill, which operates under the idea that life begins at conception and is part of this big movement of legislation from several years. I mean, these bills have existed since Roe v. Wade was first passed into law. Um, that really aims to ban all abortions by recognizing fertilized eggs, zygotes, embryos, fetuses as human beings, and essentially would give them the same status as victims in other scenarios. So it, some legal experts have argued that the, you can use this in the case of an abortion being a murder in the same degree that somebody dies in a drive-by shooting. You know, they would both be murder victims in this scenario. So Really, uh, to kind of back up and, and get into it, Henson had previously supported exemptions for some of these abortion restrictions that she's put her name on, but this particular bill does not give any exceptions. It states that the constitutional right is vested in every human being, so therefore I read that as indicating that there were no exceptions in you know cases of rape, incest, or when the pregnant person is at risk. Now, whether these abortions could result in criminal charges, a little bit up in the air. So the bill does specifically state that nothing within the act shall be construed to authorize prosecution of the woman for the death of her unborn child. So therefore, the pregnant person would be safe under this legislation, but it offers no 
reassurances for criminal charges for anyone else. So abortion providers or maybe others who help individuals receive abortions in some capacity. Um, You know, I I think this all goes back to whether it would go as far. Um, You know, I think GOP lawmakers have traditionally historically been hesitant to charge women and other individuals for the death of you know, their, their unborn fetuses, um, in the sense that, you know, get them charged with a crime when it may not be that sense. But I mean, there are some recent actions by GOP lawmakers nationwide that has abortion rights advocates worry that criminalizing abortions for the doctor providing the abortion or the individual driving them to the appointment could, could be a possibility in this new post-Roe world. Um, Specifically, I found a case in Louisiana where the governor signed a law that increased penalties for doctors and others who terminate pregnancies, um, and that includes a fine of $100,000 and 10 years in jail. So that was a pre-existing penalty for these doctors, but this new law increases those penalties quite substantially. So I think what Mathis's campaign is, and Liz Mathis herself is arguing, is that by supporting legislation like this with personhood status to any stage of a pregnancy, it could open the door for criminal prosecution. Now that may kind of come down to the individual district attorney or whatever kind of legal expert is behind those potential charges, but I think it's fair to say that there is that potential. It does open that possibility. Um, So to kind of summarize you know, it is true that Hinson is supporting this bill that would outlaw all abortions with no exemptions. Um, while the bill does eliminate the possibility for criminal charges for individuals who receive an abortion, doesn't necessarily provide that same guarantee for others. So, but at the same time, to Hinson's credit, she has never publicly stated, to my knowledge and to the digging that I could find, that she would support legislation that would include criminal penalties for abortion. I dug a little bit into her history as a state legislator. Um, you know, we've not passed bills in Iowa that would include any sort of criminal penalties for an abortion. So her name hasn't really been on anything like that from her time in Iowa. So it's a little up in the air. But, um, you know, so because of that, I, I have kind of waffled back and forth on a grade, but would like to turn it over to the team, get your thoughts, get your questions, and see what what you think. So the Life at Conception Act says that nothing in the bill shall be construed to authorize the prosecution of a woman for the death of her unborn child. Is that specifically including an attempted, like, at-home abortion, though? Or is that, because I was reading that as, like, if you had a miscarriage or something similar like that. Hmm. Do we know more specifically what that, how that's interpreted? That is a really good question. Um, I sort of interpret it to, you know, they say any woman for the death of her unborn child. So I guess my first read through, I interpret that to include individuals who had an abortion. But yeah, you're right. Maybe there could be, you know, a law enforcement or, you know, attorneys who interpret that differently. But the bill, there's no language within the bill, no further sort of amendment or bill that clarifies that, whether it would include self-induced abortions or anything like that. Yeah. 
I'm guessing most of the people reading uh, Mathis's tweet where it says toward Ashley Hinton's goal of criminalizing abortions, even in cases of rape, incest, and when the life of the mother is at risk, most people's minds immediately are going to be the criminalizing of the women. You know, I think that that's like a natural leap there that people are thinking of. But the bill does specifically say that women wouldn't be charged. But I don't, so I, I mean, I don't think that it's false. I mean, I think that uh, Mathis is right, you know, because the bill does leave the door open for uh, criminal charges against providers or others who facilitate um, an abortion. And um, so to me, that is accurate on that point. You know, I, I think the the whole idea of um, Hinson in the past, I looked at that Washington Post story that said that she had, um, you know, that she did back some legislation in Iowa that talked about um, that would, you know, criminalize abortion at when a fetal heartbeat could be detected, but it did have exemptions for people uh, in cases of um, rape, incest, or other uh, situations like that, or when the life of the mother was at risk. So, but I feel like the newest vote supersedes those previous votes. Like, mm-hmm. this is what she's said most recently. So I guess I would lean more toward a B. Okay. I would also lean more towards a B. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was leaning to as well. But yeah, this question of what if there could be criminal prosecutions? I don't think that that has really been determined yet in this really rapidly changing landscape. But okay, that's good to know, though, that you are on the side of a B, but what do you think, Marissa? I agree with the B. Um, I mean, the fact that Hinson is, you know, she's on the national stage now, kind of appealing to a different base of Republicans than, um, you know, most that she's been in the state house. And she's had a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of different posts on social media, kind of um, celebrating the Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe versus Wade. Um, so this vote seems kind of in line with, um, you know, the, the far right attempts to, or not far right, but the more uh, conservative attempts to criminalize abortion with few exceptions, if any. Absolutely. Okay. Well, it sounds like we're in agreement with a B. Yeah. I mean, this was a really kind of interesting one to check. I didn't really include all of this information, but this idea of women and other individuals being criminalized for abortions is really kind of I think we the coverage now is that this could happen in this new post-Roe world, but there's actually a lot of cases where women will be arrested and charged with crimes here in America now for self-induced abortions or miscarriages. Um, and it, it, it seems some have spent some jail time, but ultimately charges have been dropped and um, because there's no basis in the law currently across the country. I didn't include all that, but I mean, it makes the case stronger in my mind that, yeah, this could be the next step that some conservative lawmakers make as we, we kind of navigate this new landscape. Maybe it'd be worth including a sentence or two with a couple of those examples. Okay. Just to kind of get at the idea that if you leave the door open for criminal charges, um, you know, that those very well could happen and have happened in other, you know, in other states. One um, sentence I was wondering about in the check 
um, along this point. It says, but the bill does not explicitly protect anyone else from criminal charges. Would Hinson support criminal charges for others? I'm not really sure what others means. What do you mean there? Oh, I just meant like abortion providers or, you know, the Texas law currently has potential implications for individuals who are like helping women or others obtain abortion, right? The person driving you to the appointment or the person paying for the appointment, things like that. So I can flesh that out a little bit more and say that specifically. Yeah, I would define who you mean by others if if we're going to. And I don't know if we want to put out like a question there, because are we answering it? below or not? True. Okay, true. That is a good point. We are not really answering that question. It is all kind of hyperbole at this point. So maybe make that point, but just not in a question form. I don't know, because I think it's a valid point. Okay. I will make a note to do that then. Anything else that this check was missing or more context that would be good to include in this? No, it, not something that it's necessarily missing, but I think it's just um, kind of interesting the implications that come with defining life at the moment of conception rather than the moment of implantation, because um, by that measure, you would be, um, I mean, you'd be making illegal a lot of like in vitro fertilization um, IUDs, which prevent implantation rather than fertilization. A lot of things that are, I don't know, I guess some people might see them as abortifacts that are not abortions themselves. So there's just a whole slew of implications that come from this. Yeah, that is a really good point. There's like no solutions to how to deal with that at this point. Right, right. No, it was, um, it's interesting that you bring that up. Mathis's campaign also sent me some information that I ultimately didn't include about um, the previous support for a personhood bill that was in the Iowa legislator and Hinson supported it that I think had some really intense implications for things like birth control, even Um, under that sort of language of the bill, women wouldn't be able to get any form of birth control really too. So yeah, to your point, there's really broad scope implications for this kind of legislation. And so much is still so uncertain. Um, I think that I I think you've done a really good job in this bill or in this um, fact check describing what the personhood bills mean and the kind of the um, the timing of fertilization and what that could affect. Um, And and I, I, I learned a lot from this check. So thank you. Good. It was was an interesting one to dig into. There's definitely a bit of a wormhole when it comes to like the history of abortion legislation and the movement in America. Um, So glad I could get it in a a way that made sense. (laughs) Well, great. Well, it sounds like we're in agreement with a B and I will make those edits and, and move this check along. But before we really kind of end the discussion, it sounds like we Uh, have a potential fact check for two weeks down the road. Uh, We will be taking a break next week while our intrepid reporter leader, Aaron, takes a vacation, much needed vacation, I'm sure. So yeah, Aaron, do you want to tell us a little bit about that check? Yeah. So last week, Senator Jared Klein, I'm sorry, he's a representative, um, Jared Klein, he's retiring from the Iowa House. He's a Republican from Kyoto. He endorsed Senator Kevin Kinney, who's a Democrat um, from Oxford, who's running against uh, Republican um, Senator Don Driscoll. So 
a Republican endorsed a Democrat, which is why it was news. You know, we were reporting on that. But our political reporter, Tom Barton, talked with GOP chair Jeff Kaufman, who said that, quote, Kevin Kinney acts one way at home, but he goes to Des Moines and votes in lockstep with the liberal progressives of his party. So um, I'm going to reach out to Jeff Kaufman and see who he defines as the liberal progressives in the Iowa Senate. And we'll see if we can do a check on um, how often Kevin Kinney votes with those folks. Try to have that for you in two weeks. Yeah, that sounds good. I mean, certainly an interesting one just for the claim, but also for this kind of anti-bipartisan mentality, it really kind of takes on. Definitely a, a change in pace in the political sphere right now. Definitely. Well, great. Well, I'm as always, uh, we are, we, this team are always looking for suggestions, looking for other fact checks. So if you see anything from an Iowa politician or about Iowa politics, please send that our way. You can reach us at factchecker at thegazette.com. And that is a wrap for this team. To do this work, we have a lot of support and we appreciate it. And that support includes Craig Jamulis, who edits our fact checks. We have Stephen Colbert, who is producing our podcast. We also have special help today from our intern, Sabine Martin. And as always, our music is Lobby Time by Kevin McLeod. I'm Michaela Ram. I'm Aaron Jordan. I'm Elijah Decius. And I'm Marissa Payne. And we will fact check you later. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.